I wonder when was the last time you were truly amazed by something. Something out of the ordinary took your breath away. Parents, maybe it was the birth of a child. Kids, what about the first time you saw the ocean or went outside of the city and saw a clear sky and you saw it full of shooting stars? Uh, for me, it happened a couple years ago. I, one thing that came clear to me as I was preparing this week was a morning that I got up very early and caught a glimpse of the sunrise in Switzerland over the Matterhorn, seeing the whole thing kind of lit up like a matchstick. But whatever it is, it doesn't really matter how much time has passed when you have experienced wonder. You remember the details vividly of those moments. And what you don't remember, your brain kind of fills in the details to make it even more remarkable. There are times that we've experienced where it feels like the boundaries between heaven and earth are thin. It's one of the things that I love about adventure stories. So kids, how many of you have read the Narnia books? Only a few of you? Okay, okay, we've got some excitement over the back. How many of you have read Harry Potter? Okay, how about the Wing Feather Saga? A couple, okay, a couple over there, good. Some of you have read all three. Well done to your parents if you've gone all three. One thing I love about those adventure stories is that the people in those stories, they live in a world that's enchanted, right? Uh, like a forest is never just a forest. It might be a haunted forest. And a, a wolf is never just a wolf. It's a talking wolf. It might have gotten that way from a curse or something like that. Uh, a wardrobe, a train station, they're never what they appear to be. They are a portal that goes into another world. There's an air of mystery. There's an air of wonder in those stories. And people have been telling stories like that for as long as people have been telling stories. But we don't really live in a world that is full of mystery. We live in a world that's full of explanations, right? Now, some people say that our ability to know how the world works, it actually takes some of the wonder away. I mean, if you take the rainbow, for instance, pretty amazing, right? You see something lit up in the sky. You see all the colors come out after the rain. There's all kinds of stories that are attached to it. For the Greeks, they talked about how Isis or Iris used the, the rainbow to carry messages from heaven to earth. For the Norse, the, those of you who have seen some of the Marvel movies might know this, it was the Bifrost. It was a fiery bridge that connected Asgard to Midgard. And of course, in Genesis, the rainbow appears as a sign of the covenant, uh, the, the sign that, that God gave to Noah, that there would be no more destruction after the flood. Well, sometime later, a scientist by the name of Isaac Newton came along, and he showed everyone that the rainbow actually is a totally normal, totally natural thing. In fact, it's a prism. It happens when light passes through droplets of water. It refracts. It separates into component wavelengths. That's why we see the colors, because the water is denser than the surrounding air. Now, a poet named John Keats said, no, 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 we don't want to tell people that. That's, that's like unweaving the rainbow. It's emptying it of all mystery, of all awe. But i got to say, I think he's wrong about that. Because just because we know what a rainbow is doesn't make it any of a less of a wonder why it is. And while we wouldn't want to go back to a time when we didn't understand the world, it doesn't mean you have to give up on wonder. In fact, we need wonder. The reality of encountering something out of the ordinary can shift your perspective. It can allow you to see the hidden beauty that was always there. 
And sometimes moments like that, they have the power to change you. But sometimes it takes reflecting on something for a long, long time for that thing to change you. And sometimes that can even be a deeper way of experiencing wonder. That's actually what we see in the Christmas story. Now, kids, believe it or not, when it comes to Christmas, you guys have a major advantage over the adults in the room. And not just because of the presence on Christmas morning. You actually experience wonder in a way that's totally different for parents and for grandparents. One of the biggest dangers of this season, this season of preparation called Advent, where we lead up to Christmas, is that you might actually lose the wonder of what it is that we're celebrating. Just how amazing it is that Jesus came to be with us, that God chose to be with us. So let me ask you a question. If you were king or queen for a day, and maybe you can talk about this with your parents on the way home, if you were king or queen for a day, what would you do? Well, do you know how God answered that question? He chose to be born in a stable. Is that what you would pick? And then he chose to live with people roughly for 30 years who would oscillate between misunderstanding him and following him. They would be captivated by him. They would abandon him. They would love him. They would hate him. Ultimately, they would reject him and sentence him to death on a cross. So think about that. The God who created the earth the God who was powerful enough to do anything, who was king of the universe and chose to set all of that aside, everything that would make him comfortable and enjoy all the best parts about being the king, chose to be with us, to save us from all of the ways that we choose ourselves over choosing him and over choosing to love others. And that is why we tell this story every year. So as strange as it might sound, that story that we tell at Christmas can become overly familiar. It can become routine. But you know what? Luke's gospel, thank you for, ask, for answering the question there, can show us how Christmas still makes us wonder. And there are actually two ways that people show their wonder and their amazement in this story. First, there is the shepherds, right? They seem to have their hearts caught up from the very beginning, from this, this moment of wonder. They saw the heavens come open. They see the angels come down. They hear their song. You would probably be amazed and experience quite a bit of wonder, too. But here's the thing. When the angels left, when the sky got dark again, what did the shepherds do? Did they just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, dude, that was really weird. Uh, let's get back to the sheep. Is that what they did? No, of course not. They went out and they let their wonder spill out to everyone around them. They ran out and they told everybody what had happened. And they simply told them what it is that they saw. They didn't create it with it. They just said, there is a new king on the way. He was born in Bethlehem, the angels told us. Theirs was the kind of joyful, exciting wonder of Christmas Day, the sort of amazement that can't contain itself. So that's just one way to react. And the thing is, God still sends messengers to proclaim peace and good news to a weary world. You've got friends. If you're a, a parent, you've got coworkers. You've got neighbors who maybe have experienced a little bit of disenchantment and maybe a bit of burden, and they long to experience joy and wonder. So one way that you can help reweave that wonder in them is to simply tell the story of what you have seen, of what God has done. After all, the people in the inn next door who are 
busy getting ready for the census and all that. They probably did not see anything special in this child that was born in the manger. But the ones who were able to keep watch by night, who had the eyes and the ears of faith, they saw the heavens open up. They heard the angels' voices. But there's another reaction, and it belongs to Mary. And maybe this one is a little bit more for the parents than for the kids. See, she didn't hear the angels on the hillside. But many months before, an angel came to her and told her that her life was going to be interrupted forever. And even though she had an idea of what that all would mean, right down to the child that she was carrying in the womb, that it was going to change the world, still, when it happened and the shepherds, they came in with all of their excitement and told her and Joseph what the angel said, she treasured the words of the shepherds and pondered them in her heart. Which is a way of saying that in all of the amazing, in all of the excitement of the story, she took it to heart. Hers was a quieter form of wonder. Twelve years later, Luke tells us that Jesus went missing. He went to the temple and he was teaching and talking with all the elders of the church. And Mary went and asked him, what are you doing? And this is what he said. He said, I must be about my father's business. And when he said that, Luke notes that Mary's reaction was exactly the same as it was on Christmas morning. She took all those words and she, she treasured them and she pondered them in her heart. So I think she was still amazed by the Christmas story even 12 years later. And you might think that when Jesus started his ministry, and he started proclaiming the mystery of the kingdom of God being here and being present, that, that that group of shepherds who were there on the hillside all those years ago, they would have followed him around and say, hey, this is the guy. This is the one. Remember the angels? But actually, when Jesus began his ministry, none of that happened. No one seemed to remember. No one seemed to know who he was. And I think that's the Bible's way of telling us that some forms of wonder, they actually wear off after a while. But Mary... She kept on pondering in her heart, and she kept on pondering all throughout Jesus' life, right up until his death on the cross. And in that time, her wonder matured into something far more lasting than amazement. It looked something a bit like faith. In the book of Acts, Luke goes on to tell us that Mary was there when the disciples uh, were, were all together and the Holy Spirit came upon them and the church was born and, and, and Pentecost happened and Peter preached that Jesus who lived in Nazareth, this Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. He is Christ the Lord. And so even if no one else knew and if it was a surprise to everyone else, Mary had been pondering those words for a lifetime. And for her, they were no less wonderful. And maybe for most of us, the wonder of Christmas is less like the shepherds, that wonder doesn't come in a moment, it doesn't come in some spectacular event. But like Mary, it comes after a lifetime of pondering with Jesus what he has done and what it means that in him, God is with us. So that is my prayer for you. In a week, a week from today, it will be Christmas. There will be presents under the tree. Maybe they'll be exciting. Maybe even some of them will bring some awe and wonder to you. But there too will be the story, the quiet story of Jesus' birth, the one that we hear every year, the one that has become familiar. And it is an amazing story if you treasure it and you ponder it in your heart. 
so that even years later, it may still fill you with wonder. Friends, may it be so with us. Amen.